welcome to another episode of Dietetics with Dana, and today I have another study tip for you. So an area where a lot of students have difficulty on this exam is domain three, and one of the reasons for that is because it is so vocabulary heavy. Often we can be tempted to make 500 flashcards, spend hours doing this, only to not really ever look at them again, and it doesn't necessarily have a lot of utility because this exam, unfortunately, is not a vocabulary exam. But we do need to have a really solid grasp on the vocabulary so that we're able to navigate the questions on this exam. And that's true for domain three, but also throughout the exam. So today I want to focus in a little bit on some of the financial vocab that there is in domain three. And like I said, this tends to be a trouble area because it's so much vocab and we don't necessarily use the financial vocab in our everyday life. But what can make this really helpful and more easy to understand is if we're taking the financial terms and putting them into our life. And you know, if you don't want to have an example for yourself, steal my examples. So let me model some of this for you. And if you're looking for the full class on this, definitely check out the management finance and HR recorded course bundle on my website at danajfnutrition.com. Click recorded courses to find it. So let's get started with this. So with the financial terms, again, we're not using these in our real life a lot of the time. So we want to apply it for ourselves, or you can steal my examples. So the first ones I want to focus on are our budget. So the first one is an operating budget. And so when we're thinking about the definition of an operating budget, this is an estimate of income and expenditure of a company or organization over a set period, right? When I read that, I'm not really jazzed or excited about it. First, if I say, okay, the operating budget for my business is my budget for the year. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, what am I going to have to pay other people? Pay the rent for my apartment, pay myself, pay for projects. This is all the money I'm not only expecting to get in, but also going to spend over the year. The next one to think about is a cash budget. So cash, this is a liquid asset. And so for a cash budget, what we're doing is we're estimating not only the cash inflow, but outflows of the company over a specific period. This doesn't have to be a year. It could be weekly, monthly, quarterly, or it could also be the annual budget. And we want to have a cash budget so we can make sure that we have enough cash to pay our expenses. So if I put this on to my life to kind of think of an example, my cash budget is definitely my money for my rent. Now, I live in Boston, which is the third most expensive housing market in the U.S. Yay, so exciting. But so what that means is when, you know, the first of the month comes around, I need to make sure that I have enough cash on hand. Remember, cash doesn't mean like, you know, I have hundreds of dollars in my pocket, but it means like in my debit account, in my checking account, I need to be having enough cash on hand at that time to make that payment. So when I'm thinking about my cash budget, one of the things I'm thinking about is making sure that for the first of the month, I have that liquid cash in my checking account ready to go to pay their rent. You know, and so that might mean, you know, that I'm not putting as much, you know, in my savings account or I'm waiting to make a purchase because those things would decrease 
the amount of cash I have available. So cash budget is just making sure we have enough to pay people and that would be a liquid asset because we have it right now. The next type of budget we can think of is our capital budget. So this is going to be a budget where we're looking at allocating money for things like maintenance or buying of things. A lot of the time we're thinking about equipment, but it could be buildings or land. And so this tends to be a large sum of money. So, you know, if I was going to go buy, you know, a DJF nutrition headquarters, right, you know, move it out of my room, that would be a capital budget. So I'd be, you know, saying like, oh, you know what, I need $6 million to buy this, right? So that might not necessarily be, you know, something I normally spend, but, you know, I'm kind of saying like for this project, this capital budget for, you know, buying the DJF Nutrition Headquarters, I would need the $6 million. So those are three different types of budgets that we're looking at to kind of, you know, label, you know, our different buckets of money we have in our business. But some other vocab that we can see too with our budgets is going to be things like a traditional budget or an incremental budget. So what I'm thinking about with this traditional budget is this is a budget I'm preparing for the next kind of specific time period. So again, I would match what I had done for my company. It's a year where I'm looking at the previous year to figure out what I'm going to pay, you know, in need for next year. And so I just did my 2021 taxes. So I have all of my expenses from last year and can do this for 2022. So I'd be looking at things, you know, like my rent and saying, oh, you know, my rent goes up. So I need to allocate, you know, in 2022, I need to have a higher amount in my budget reserve for rent, you know, Am I going to hire, you know, like another intern, you know, or another staff member? Okay, maybe my labor costs are going to go up. You know, maybe I'm going to get a deal on something. So I'm saying like, oh, wow, you know, like my teachable membership is actually going to decrease. So with the traditional budget, we're taking year one and then using that to kind of base year two off of. So a lot of the time that these questions are being asked, they're saying like, it's going to increase by 10% or decrease. And so we're kind of having to do a little bit of a puzzle piecing to get to the next year um, as well. Another type of budget we can have is a zero base budget. So when I started my business, this is the type of budget I had. And with this budget method, what we're doing is we're kind of starting exactly like, like it says from zero, where we're really saying, okay, you know, I don't know how much I'm going to spend, you know, so I'm going to kind of tally everything up to see how much I would be spending. And for the zero base budget, a key part of it too, is that you need to justify each expense. So I had a zero base budget when I started my business in 2020. So I was saying like, okay, I need to buy the teachable membership. Okay, that's $300 a year. Okay, that's for this purpose. Okay, you know, I need a new laptop, you know, that's thousand dollars I need it for this purpose and so then at the end of the year you would have use your zero base budget and then you could do a traditional budget with that one because you'd be saying oh in 2020 you know I spent seven thousand dollars you know okay in 2022 you know I'll take that and say oh I need to spend ten thousand dollars just as an example another type of budget we can have is a fixed budget so fixed think fixed in place. So this budget does not change, 
regardless of our sales volume, you know. So for example, you know, this could be the amount of money you're willing to put towards a certain activity. So like if I think about this with my business is I do contract out some work uh, because, you know, there's not enough hours in the day. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend more, like, let's say, for example, $1,000 a year on contract work. So I would be saying I will only spend up to $1,000. That's my fixed budget in that case. Versus flexible budget is what I use when I think about, you know, taking my interns out to lunch. You know, I'm like, they do such a good job. You know, what, where do they want to go? Do they want to get sushi? Do they want to get coffee? You know, so I have a flexible budget with like lunches for my interns because they do such a great job. And shout out to them because they're awesome. If you're listening, hopefully you are. Um, but so that would be more flexible where we're saying, you know, like, oh, it, you know, it changes. It can be. Um, different. So those were just a few examples, but that is exactly what I want you to do with not only the rest of the financial vocab, but across the exam. You want to be thinking about what is the definition and make sure you're putting that into terms that make sense for you. And the best thing to do is to put examples, you know, use my business, use your yourself, you know, especially with the financials, we all have money, right? Whether we really want to budget it or not. I know I'm so bad at budgeting, but that's what you want to do across the exam because that's going to help you so much with your comprehension. And no, you're not going to know every single word, but what that's going to allow you to do is you're going to recognize an answer choice and say, that one is not correct, you know, and it's going to help you to eliminate some throughout the exam. So I hope this was a helpful study tip. Don't forget to come back each week for not only study tips, but practice questions. Be sure to find us on Instagram at Dana JF Nutrition, on the website www.danajfnutrition.com, as well as on our email at danajfryernutrition at gmail.com. Thanks for coming.